Do you want a winning strategy for your fantasy football game? Or do you just want to get an edge over the people in your league? Well, we got you covered right here at The Statement Show. Terry James has painstakingly wrote an ultimate fantasy football guide just for you. That's right, just for you. Use all or part of the guide to increase your chances. So just go to thestatementshow.com and click on our Amazon link and buy the specially priced ebook. But be careful, this much power could be dangerous. From the Night Shift Crew Studios in the D.C. metro area, this is The Statement Show. I am your host, Terry James, along with my co-host, Zach Jahi. We're covering sports, technology, entertainment, news, and everything in between. The lights are on. Welcome to another episode of The Statement Show. This week, we have special guest, Steve Trevino. Uh, Steve Trevino started the Podnuts Network. It's a computer repair network for computer repair technicians. He gives people knowledge and tips they need to move on with their computer repair businesses and make them more successful. Steve, we welcome you to The Statement Show. Tell us a little bit about Podnuts. How did you get started in the Podnuts show and how long have you been in computer repair? Well, this is taking me back. I started doing Podnuts um, at about, I think it was 2008. And I was fixing computers about two or three years before that. I got to the point where I was just fixing computers every day as my job, and I was just learning so much that after a couple of years, you say to yourself, I got to tell other people about this. You know, you just get that feeling where you want to just kind of share the knowledge, especially if you're working by yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't part of a like the geek squad or I didn't have a, employees for my company or anything. It was just me. So it was all, all the information was just building up in my head. And uh, I was a big fan of podcasting, listening to podcasts back then. So I thought it was a, be a cool way to share some knowledge that I knew by doing a podcast. Okay. What are some of the podcasts you like listening to? I Back then, I was listening to the Twit Podcast Network. That's mm-hmm. Leo Laporte. Oh, yeah. The podcast he had back then was This Week in Tech, Mac Break Weekly, um, Security Now, and Windows Weekly. Those were pretty much the only ones, I think, that were going on back then It was early, in his early days. Do you listen to Buzz Out Loud at all? Uh, yeah, I did start listening to Buzz Out Loud, too. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. But those shows were good back then. I mean, they they lost. I think they lost a lot, you know, because I think Leo is getting bored with the whole thing too, personally. But mm-hmm. I think that the uh, those those were great shows back then, and he didn't know what he was getting into, and he got these great guests on, and it, it was just a new, fresh thing going on for me anyway. And I, I thought it was uh, really cool to watch him progress, and I I just want kind of wanted to do the same thing for a while. It seemed like a really fun thing to do. Yeah, I've noticed you had quite a few uh, your shows going at one time. Do you think that might have just kind of drained you a little bit? No, really. The, well, I mean, let's just fast forward to the very end here now because I am I'm selling Podnuts. I'm selling my podcast network. Mm-hmm. But it's not because I'm tired of podcasting. It's because I don't do computer repair anymore. Yeah. And I'm I want to do stuff with music now. That's that's my thing. And I've always wanted to do stuff with music my whole life. So I'm just I'm like it's now or never. So that's the reason I want to sell the network. Once I really get into music and learn a bunch of stuff in there that that I want to learn, I'll probably podcast about music too. Okay. So it wasn't the amount of shows that was that was burning me out. I actually that kept me going. That that kind of gave me energy to keep going. So. I, I don't. I recommend people doing as many shows as they want because they're they're so fun and uh, they won't you won't get tired of doing them if you really like the content, you know. Exactly. I I had done a show uh, a while back with a buddy of mine and we did it on just computer uh, tech news and it kind of ran its course with me. I got tired of. I felt like I was kind of stuck in a corner 
I told him about the Podnuts show that I was listening to, and he listened to it, and he thought it was really good, and that's kind of what got us into doing the Tech News show. But like I said, we it ran it ran its course with us, and then yeah. I was doing this one here. We're doing just pretty much anything we want to talk about, and and trying to get other people to interview, which is not an easy thing to do with some of the higher profile, you know, people. I've gotten a few. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dame Drops on YouTube. No, uh, he's actually pretty big. You might want to check him out. He does food reviews. He's actually getting a production deal, and he's going to be on TV. He's really, really nice guy. But I, I did want to say I, you really inspired me to get into this. Uh, like I said, I was listening to you, and it's like you're sitting there and listening to somebody have a conversation about their daily grind of what they're doing. It was really fascinating. It got me into it because I'm into computer repair. I even bought your laptop videos, which were really insightful. Oh, thanks. Actually, quit. I actually uh, fixed quite a few computers uh, from those videos. Um, a lot of family members, but I had I had a great time uh, listening to your show. And I, I sad to hear that you weren't doing some of them shows anymore. And uh, are you still doing any more of the Podnuts Daily at all, or is that kind of done now? You know, I kind of said I would I would keep doing them till I did turn it over to somebody else, but I'm kind of running out of steam on that. Mm-hmm. I just don't have any interest in the topics and like the, the in computer repair anymore. The subject matter. I just don't have interest in, in that anymore. So it's tough to do a show and muster yourself into listening to somebody talk about computers for an hour when you just haven't been in it for so long and you don't know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I might do one or two more shows. I don't want to say yes or no. I, I don't know yet. But it's kind of, it's definitely – I'm definitely going to do – I'm not going to do one a week. Okay. Okay. So what exactly are you doing with the music now? Um, are you going to be like a sound engineer or are you going to be more into the broadcasting? What is it you're trying to get into? I, I actually write music. Oh, fantastic. And, um, I use my computer to write music. I like writing computer music because I love computers and I love music. So um, electronic dance music is this genre where you can just sit in front of a laptop and create music. And uh, I think that's the coolest. So um, I've been just uh, focusing on writing that. And I think that that whole genre is blowing up in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of opportunity there, too. And it's just it's just way too fun. So Do you see yourself doing a podcast show in that type of uh, genre, too? Yeah, I probably will. I think once you get podcasting in your blood, you just want to podcast about everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Especially if you learn how to do something really well, then you just want to talk about it. So probably I will. Have you had any native, negative feedback from some of the people you've been doing the show with in the past, or do you, everybody giving you really good support? Yeah, everybody's giving me support. See, that's that's the thing. When when you try to do the best you can, you treat everybody with respect, and you're straight up. You try to handle things as classy as possible. You get good feedback. You know, mm-hmm. um, don't make any enemies. You know, don't don't like. Uh, I don't know. Always stay, always stay on good terms with like all your listeners and people, even if they have negative feedback. And then when it comes time where you, you know, you're going to be making a change or something, everybody's supportive and they understand. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's I have people that are sad, but I'm hoping to find somebody better than me to carry on the show. So hopefully people will be happy about that. Is there anybody on there right now? Do you see that happening with or no? Not really. Yeah, I've been looking. And I've been putting it out there, and um, I'm st- it's still out there. I'm definitely encouraging people to contact me. I, I, I'm looking for you guys <laughs> who want to do this, and uh, I want you to contact me. It's still, Podnuts is still for sale. I want somebody to run it who's uh, going to just drive it with passion and put out great shows. And I, I, I marketed it to my listeners because I think that there's somebody out there like I was in the very beginning 
who wants to do something like that. But so far, nobody's stepped up. I definitely uh, – I would recommend anybody who's, who's doing a computer repair that wants to get into podcasting. This is definitely a network worth getting. Now, does this include everything you were doing? Uh, you're still going to do the Linux show? Yeah, the Linux show and the Android show aren't going to be included in the sale. Okay. okay. Just because I'm still doing them. And to be honest, they never really fit on the network anyways. If I strip those shows off the network, all that's left is the computer repair stuff. Mm-hmm. Five shows about computer repair. And that's that's like a nice little niche. When you throw – Linux does kind of fit. Android does kind of fit. But they're a little, little off. So okay. to keep it really um, like target laser targeted, I think it would be a killer network if it was just – it stayed about computers, you know. And mm-hmm. since I'm doing those other two shows, I was just going to pull them off and keep pod nuts about computer repair. Okay. Okay. Now you went from you went from you were out in the Philly area, correct? Yeah. Okay. I was I, I'm actually out from the Lancaster County area up in Pennsylvania myself, and I've lived Sweet. outside of Pittsburgh. So you're in the Amish country. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody always says. Amish country. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't see the Amish that much. They're more in the tourist area, but yeah, I was really? in the Amish area. Uh, not too far from the area where the uh, the tragic shooting happened. Uh, yeah, I, I've lived out in that area for a while. And that was one of the things that kind of drew me toward your show, too, was the fact that you were kind of in my area. Never been to Philly myself, but then I heard you moved out to Florida. And I, was this something that kind of pushed you to what you're doing right now? Is there training out there? No, no. Plus, I train myself with everything. Oh, okay, okay. I, I actually always wanted to move to Florida since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to have that license plate on my car with the two oranges. Always. I love the sun. <laughs> I know. And I, I wanted to be in a, a hot atmosphere. Like, I, I can't stand the cold. So when winter came around in Philly, it just sucked. Yeah. And I wanted to get out of there. And the people in Philly are just a little antagonistic. You know, that's like, that's the tone that's kind of permeates throughout the land up there. Everybody's yeah. a little angry, a little bothered, a little irritated, and I didn't fit in. <laughs> so uh, down here, it's a little more my style, I think. People are just a little more nicer. And hey, I, I like Philly. You know, I love the Phillies. I love there's there's tons of great people in Philly. So if I'm not trying to like, you know, stereotype, but for the most part where I was living, right in the suburbs of Philly there, it wasn't too pleasant. So I wanted to get out of there. So now you're in nice sunny Florida. I've vacationed there quite a few times. Obviously Disney World. I've taken my daughter up there and but uh, I could drive to Disney World. It would probably take me an hour and a half. Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, you're you're getting into the uh, the music side of the business, and Podnet's Daily is kind of at the end of its chapter for you. Yeah, uh, for me. For you, okay. But you're, I would imu- I would imagine you're still going to take part in the forums or, or show your side there or show yourself there from time to time. Uh, I will show myself from time to time, but I'm hardly in the forums now. Oh, really? Um, it's it's a little sad for me. I mean, I I just don't have much in common anymore with people who are talking uh, with computer repa- about computer repair mm-hmm. that subject i can't relate to as much and i i'm actually to be honest i'm not that interested in it anymore because it's not what i do mm-hmm. so it's t- it's tough to to be in the forums and contribute um even though i i run the network it's i i'm still rarely there and i feel bad about that because mm-hmm. I, every time i do go in there there's great people in there helping each other and there's great conversations and it's cool but um i'm still on google plus and i'll chat with the guys and um you know, we're doing a Podnuts party at the Ohio Linux Fest this year. It's in a couple of weeks, so a lot of guys who have been listening to Podnuts are going to show up there, and we're all going to hang out. So, yeah, I'll still make my presence known. No well, that's the nice. Happens. You created a really good family there, and I think even people that you haven't talked to love going in there and listening to the shows, and love going in and seeing what everybody's talking about. Everybody seems to be really nice, and you know, nobody's putting anybody down when they're in the forums, which is something I liked. 
so I think you really got something great started, and I think whoever takes it over would be great. Thanks. It was really surprising when I started PodNuts to see the community grow mm-hmm. around it. I am just immensely pleased that it turned out the way it did, and it, it's like you said. Everybody gets along. You know, It's, it's a good time. Now, that aside, uh, where do you see computer repair in the industry going right now? I listened to your last show. With Latvi. With Latvi, yeah. He's a very interesting character, by the way. And <laughs> what I liked about that show was the fact he's kind of recognized how what he was doing in the past – is kind of slowing down, so he had to, he had to move on, but he adapted. And I think people who are always on the forum saying things like computer repair is dying. I don't think computer repair will ever die. It's just evolving into a different type of industry where you have to either evolve your skills or, yeah, you're not going to have much of a business anymore. So I was just kind of getting an idea what you think about where computer repair is going right now. And do you, what do you think that's uh, the future of computer repair? I agree with you. It's definitely changing. I mean, you're going mainly from desktops to laptops now, mm-hmm. um, and then you're going to go from laptops to tablets and you know mobile devices, I think. So if you follow along that and, and learn how to fix all that stuff, tablets, phones, and laptops, you're going to be okay. For residential type people, I mean, this mm-hmm. is just for residential I'm talking. I think that there's a huge industry still in the future for it, and there's a lot of money to be made, and there's going to be people are always going to want their things fixed. I don't think for a, at least for a long time these items are going to be disposable where people could just throw them away and get new ones. People are still going to want to get their stuff fixed. So I disagree with Latvi. I, I think that there's tons of uh, opportunity for computer repair. Mm-hmm. But you can't just sit and say, I'm going to fix desktops for the rest of my life and buy these big honking power supplies and three-and-a-half-inch hard drives. You're going to have to adapt. But um, there's still a market for desktops now, and but laptops are huge now for repair because tablets are huge now in the stores. See, it's like I remember when I was fixing computers, and I, I would go to Best Buy, and laptops were the big deal a couple years ago. There were laptops everywhere, and desktops were starting to phase out. Well, when that was happening at Best Buy, in all the repair shops – desktops were still the king because it, there's a couple years lag between the newest stuff that comes out and how all the repairs go. So, I mean, we were getting XP computers in and Vista computers, uh, and they were desktops, and we only got a few laptops. So then we started getting more laptops. But it's So whatever if you, whatever you go into Best Buy and you see there, in a couple years, you should know how to fix those things is what mm-hmm. I'm basically saying. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I always look at tablets as kind of an in-betweener device. I, I don't know if they'll ever be totally mainstream. You're always going to – you're not going to want to do everything on a little lap, on a little tablet. I'm excited about the uh, the Microsoft Surface. I mean because that, that seems to fill in, in a niche right there. And It's got your keyboard. It's got your tab tablet. I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting market. I've always loved technology. That's how I got into the computer repair area. That's how I got into listening to your to your show and, and the niche that you filled. Uh, that's kind of what drives me now. I've just moved on to – I love covering the industry as far as just listening to the tech news. And that's why I've always listened to – as you're, like you have said, I like listening to Leo Laporte. He's got a great network. I even watched you uh, do a little spot on there with Leo, by the way. Uh, I, I believe it was on YouTube that was where I caught it. Just a little introduction with you sitting there with Leo saying hi. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean if, if you're into podcasting. Everybody who's into podcasting should definitely go and see Leo in California mm-hmm. because it's you could just walk in the door, you know, and he's got this huge studio set up and he allows you to see everything that's going on in there and you get a great reality on, on how to podcast and do it professionally. The cottage? I was at the cottage before he went to the new studio. Okay. Um, I wasn't going to do that little sit down with him because I was, I was basically just hanging out with him while he was doing the tech guy show because mm-hmm. that's the way it was in there. He was in a little room and there was another person who showed up and he's sitting in one chair and I'm sitting in another chair and Leo's just doing the tech 
tech guy. And during all the commercials, we're just chatting, you know. And then uh, they convinced me to sit down and do like a little interview. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to ask tons of questions. I didn't have any questions, so I just said, "Leo, say hi to Podnuts." And he said, "Hi to Podnuts." And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Since you were into music, let's talk. Let's get away from the computer stuff a little bit. Tell me what you like to listen to. Um, and because I'm a, I'm a Metallica fan myself. And I'm not so much into the dancing, but I do like some other, you know, certain beats and stuff that I hear on the radio. But I'm not the biggest of the music connoisseur. So give me a little idea of what you're into. I don't dance either. I, <laughs> I don't dance at all. Uh, I like making electronic dance music because some of it, and not all of it, is very has a lot of great melody. It's very melodic. What I basically listen to is house music, mainly called progressive house. See, I'm learning that there's in dance music there's like a six billion genres. There's like progressive house. There's house. There's minimal house. There's trance. There's dubstep. There's techno. There's all kind, and they're all a little different. So I'm learning all those genres. But what what I like the most is is house music, mm-hmm. um, particularly artists like Avicii. Gosh, who else do I like? There's Avicii, there's Afrojack, there's Tiesto. Um, you got guys like um, Sander Van Dorn, Armin Van Buren. See, I didn't know these guys' names last year. I didn't even know any of these people. But uh, what I do is every time I get in my car, I turn on XM radio and I put on Electric Area or BPM. Those are my two channels. Okay. And I just learn all this dance music and I, I listen to what I like and then I go home and I try to make it like the way I like it because there's there's some songs that, that came on that channel that just resonated so much with me I'm like I love this music and then some of the songs that come on the channel suck I think but the, the ones I really like really pulled me in and hooked me in and that's that's why I like that genre now. Pop music right now is just a little too bland. It's a little too predictable. It's mm-hmm. too compressed. It's too pop. It's too bubblegum, prepackaged. Let's sell six billion copies. Justin Bieber. And I, I know. I guess I'm getting older, but I, I don't like that anymore. Yeah, my my wife's into the pop. She likes pink. She likes R&B. She's I don't think rap too much. I I don't get into that stuff too much. I've always been kind of the metal, and but I also listen to classical music. I like Mozart. I remember when I was younger, it was kind of all one format. I liked metal and I couldn't listen to anything else and I wouldn't listen to anything else. And then as you get older, your tastes kind of expand. You take everything else in. Yeah, it's true. I didn't think it would happen with me, but it did. Mm-hmm. It's understandable that if you listen to metal, you like classical music because there are, there are some connections there, I think. Well, uh, Metallica did tour with a symphony. I don't know if you've ever heard any of that. Yeah. yeah um, I, used to, I used to like Metallica. I was never a huge fan, mm-hmm. but um, I thought Fade to Black was one of the best songs I ever heard in my life. Oh, really? Oh, that's, yeah. that's a great song. I do love that song. I love a lot of their earlier stuff, and some of their newer stuff is, is best them revisiting their older style, in, in my belief, and that's why it really took off. Uh, they got a new uh, bass player. Their stuff has really taken off uh, recently, and I got to see them in concert a couple years ago at the Verizon Center out of D.C. Man, I never heard anything so loud in my life. They are loud. Oh, really? We're ringing for hours after we left. <laughs> That's not <So>. healthy. <laughs> no, but every once in a while, you got to do something crazy. So, had a great time out there. Some of the stuff that you were talking about, I may have heard on the radio. I, I don't know it by name, like you were saying, but I'm I'm open to everything. I don't say I don't like anything until I've listened to a little bit of it. You know, my my father-in-law tried to get me to listen to Bluegrass. That just wasn't going to happen. I listened to it, but decided I didn't like it. So I never try to say I just don't like something out of spite. There's a lot of things out there that I, I've tried listening to I don't get into. I've never been much for rap. I don't really get into that. So, But I do like the techno beat stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that I've listened to in the past, like um, Depeche Mode kind of has like those beats going. That's obviously from the 80s. Um, yeah. 
But when you get into today's stuff, it seems faster. I have never really listened, but maybe if, you know, I'll go back and listen to some of the names you're popping out. Maybe I'll give some of them a listen and see what it's like. Um, if you want to listen to the kind of music that I, the kind of songs I like, there's a song by called Levels by Avicii. Levels. And I think he spells his name A-V-I-C-I-I. A-V-I-C-I-I. That's Avicii. And uh, Levels, that that kind of music is what I like. Something that's got melody and chords and a... And it sounds like an actual song. Mm-hmm. I don't like the techno where it's just, or I don't, I actually, the, the genre is techno where it just is that bass drum and it's like boom, boom, and just, and nothing else much happening. Mm-hmm. I like having instruments and other things happening. So it's, I think it's kind of like between, a cross between pop and techno is what I like. And okay. that's where house music is kind of sitting these days. So it's not too far off the mainstream. And this is the, st- this is the type of music that you want to create. Yep. And this is, is this all done on a computer or do you do it like with a keyboard? You can you, you can use a keyboard, but, but, you know, Avicii just sits in front of his laptop and programs it all in. Oh, uses, wow. Yeah, it's all computer. It's crazy these days. I, the, is there any videos where you can check out what he does? Yeah, if you go into, uh, there's a magazine called Future Music. Future and they uh, they always do uh, a segment called In the Studio With, and then they, they pick a, an artist. Um, and there's some on YouTube there, and you could go in the studio with these guys and see how they make the music. And they're just sitting in front of a lot. La- they're sitting in front of their computer. They got a mouse. Some guys have a keyboard. I, I like using a keyboard because I can play a keyboard. Some oh, of these wow. guys can't even play a keyboard, um, and they could still make great music just by punching in all the dots on the uh, the MIDI piano roll in their program. There. Yeah, I've never had any musical talent in that respect. Yeah, well, you, you actually, if you, some of these guys, they have musical. Ta- they have a good ear. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe they maybe they can't play an instrument, but they have a good ear and they could compose stuff. And you know, maybe you're like that, so it might be worth a shot. Who knows? I mean, they got, you know, like you said, I mean, their instrument is the computer and they've yeah. adapted themselves to play it in that respect. So, uh, and that's what you're doing now, I guess. And you're using a keyboard because you can play a keyboard. See, the whole, I, I shifted my whole studio into a laptop basically because sometimes I just want to sit on a couch or somewhere and create music. And if I don't have a keyboard nearby, I don't use one. I do it the way Avicii does and just play it and just, you know, plug in the, uh, the notes on the computer. And so it's, it kind of forces you to compose a different way when you do it that way too. So it's just so fun, man. It, with the, with the computer, pretty much everything a professional studio could do like 10 years ago, a laptop can do now. You can just sit there and just create and create and create for hours with one computer and nothing else. And I think that that's just awesome. Yeah. That's what I love about technology. I mean, right now I'm doing something right now in front of my computer that 10, 15 years ago, you had to be in a radio station to do. uh, Exactly. Record a program. It it just, it enables everybody to be more of on a level playing field, I believe. Now, Uh, what what is your plan with your podcast? What do you want? Where do you want it to go? What do you want to do with it? uh, Well, my partner, uh, Terry James, who's obviously not on right now, but I do the technology side. I like to, to reference what's going on with the companies out there. And I hope to get some higher profile people on in the future. Um, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> no, you're definitely one of the higher profile people for me. <laughs> uh, my partner, uh, he didn't really know what he was going to say. So uh, yeah. he, he had an issue right now he's dealing with. But he didn't really know what he was going to talk to you about, obviously, because he's not into the computer repair. He's into sports. He loves the NFL. And uh, uh, I see us doing a side show where I'm more of the quiet I'm more of the producer editing side of that one, and he's going to be doing some interviews with some buddies of his, and they're going to do a fantasy football show. If you, Sweet. If you went to our website you uh, at thestatementshow.com, you'll see that there's uh, an ebook that he wrote for a fan- 
the ultimate fantasy football guide. Uh, he put wow. a lot of time into that. That's something that he has a lot of passion for. I have a lot of passion for the technology side and where it started was the computer repair. And that's how I got into your podcast and the laptop videos. And it just kind of progressed. But I got kind of stagnated with it. I mean, my area, there's a lot of people here that are doing the 10 and $20 jobs and nobody wants to pay. Yeah. It gets frustrating after a while. I and, can imagine that. And uh, I feel like, like you were saying before, if you're not evolving, you're kind of dying. You have to kind of progress with the times and see where things are going. And I love cell phones. And I think I like talking about the stuff more than I like fixing them. I don't like dealing with the people who get crabby about not <laughs> wanting to pay. And plus, I always have this kind of nervousness of, you know, I kind of squint almost when I say, oh, it's going to be $200. Because I'm almost expecting them to get pissed. Like, why should I pay $200 for something it only took you an hour to fix? And I don't want to sit there and go with the whole... Yeah, but I had to teach myself and these tools didn't pay for themselves. And I don't want to have to go through that. And I guess that's I got a little frustrated with that in my respect. Well, what you got to do, man, I'm telling you that there's a lot of techs are like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not plugging this product just to plug it because we created this to help techs that are like that. And there's a set of videos that me and Chris Barry did called Wise Technician. Mm-hmm. It's at wisetechnician.com. Listen to Chris. Did you ever listen to Chris Barry? He, he's been on a bunch of my shows, and he's, he's done nuts at night with me and, and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, I definitely probably heard. I just can't place his name. Um, he's he's the technician you want to listen to as far as with you, what you just told me about, like just cringing when you're telling somebody how much something costs. Mm-hmm. You got to listen to what this guy says because he will get you to make like two to three times more than what you're making and not have any of those you know low-level customers that are going to give you a hard time. That's what he does. And he's just very bold and brazen about it. He doesn't care. I think and, I have. I think I know who you're talking about. Is this the guy who says, "Don't be afraid to to make money"? Yeah. Uh, he was. Uh, he actually inspired me in some respects. Uh, I actually had a customer that I did very well with because of just listening to your show. He's the gentleman. Basically, said that if I bring the software to your house, I'm going to charge you the same retail, but you're getting a service. I'm coming to your house and I'm installing it and I'm setting it up for you. Whereas you know, you go to the store and pick it up. It's not the same thing. You know, you got to come home and figure it out. I'm doing all this for you and I'm bringing it to you. So he charges everybody full retail price. And he said, you shouldn't be afraid to ask for something that, you know, you're giving something value by going there and doing it. So he really, if that's the gentleman you're talking about, he really inspired me. It's him. Yeah, and that's exactly him. He used he'll to be a salesman. Well, yeah, he used to be a salesman. He used to sell appliances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's got, he's, he's got that background. But uh, he'll say to a customer, look, I am not the cheapest. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he lays it out right at the very beginning. He's like, I'm not the cheapest, but here's what you're going to get from me. And he gets quality customers that way. He doesn't get the guys that are, who just want the cheapest. You don't want the guys that just want the cheapest because they're going to complain about the price. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, you, if you do listen to him, you're going to get quality customers and you're just going to be happier. <laughs> I wish I would have listened to him before I did my shop. You know, I, I had a bad experience. I had, you know, Craigslist. I've never once gotten a good customer on Craigslist. Everybody, that's such a scam website anymore. It's like, Everybody's trying to rip you off. Very few people seem to be sincere anymore. It's almost like if you don't pay for it, there's no way to kind of like, I don't know, push yourself out there. I know what you mean. Well, well Craigslist has always been the flakiest place on earth. Mm-hmm. Today, for example, I was going to trade a bunch of uh, PCI cards, video cards and stuff for an Xbox. And uh, I went to go to the Xbox and this I, – I took it off out of the guy's hands. I put it on top of my car and a little baby roach crawled out of it. Ugh. And so I gave it back to him. I said, no way. <laughs> like this is this is what you're getting on Craigslist a lot of times. So uh, well, my best advice for you with Craigslist is got to go with your gut. 
somebody will respond to your ad and it will either be some crazy, inane, stupid comment or it'll be somebody who makes a lot of sense. And you got to go with your gut as far as which customers to pick and choose off of there. I never advertise on Craigslist for my shop. Um, I just did Google AdWords and people walking by, store mm-hmm. just walked in. So. I always feel for the older generation, uh, the senior citizens who've used Craigslist and got burned. All these emails from people – um, from Africa and, and my daughter has, you know, her, her, her husband just passed away and she has 12 laptops and needs 12 hard drives. And, you know, it's that too good to be true emails. Like how, why would you need all this done on antiquated machines and all this money? And it's, it's just, it's, it's too good to be, it's whatever. It's too good to be true on Craigslist. Then that's just, that's what I'm saying. Go with your gut. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. It's never, never true. <laughs> and there's, uh, there's another website out there that does a, a servicing website. Um, Angie's List? Yeah, Angie's List. I, I'm on that website. And I'm not so sure I'm convinced about Angie's List myself because I'm on that website. And I'm showed as a gold member. I never did anything to get there. And I'm not, I'm not really sure how I'm considered to be one of the best people in my area when I've never even used it. So. No, that's the thing. That's, that's correct. That's what's supposed to happen. Okay. You can't rate you can't rate yourself. Well, no, so. no, no, no. I wasn't trying to rate myself. What I'm trying to say is, if you go search me out and you find me, it shows me as one of the top performers. I'm not sure. I've never really done anything to get listed on their site. Other no, that's than the, sign that, up. I'm telling you, that's the thing. Okay. You don't you don't do anything to get listed on their site. So, so I I didn't do anything to get listed on Angie's list. What happened was a customer came in. I gave them service. They went home. They the customer is an Angie's list member. They put me on the site and then reviewed me. And then other people started based writing reviews now that I'm on the site. So it's that's the way it's supposed to work, and that's a good way for it to work because you know you don't you don't get to like uh, well I mean you can go and edit your profile. Customers are allowed to add you to Angie's list, and okay. I think that that's cool. So because they could rate you, and you could become a gold member and not do anything except give good service. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's good that you're on there and a gold member. That means you're doing a good job. Yeah, I try. I try. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like like your philosophy with podcasting. When I feel if you treat people with respect and you listen to them and you don't just give them that attitude as though you know you know what you're doing. I can't believe you called me. You know, I've always felt that some technicians have this this attitude or air about them sometimes that kind of comes off the wrong way to everybody. And uh, I, I think if you just treat people with respect, you and you listen to them, it pays off tenfold. Definitely. The problem is these these some people think they're so smart <laughs> that they're above others, you know, and, it's, and it rubs it's, people. Oh, it's just it's just a real stupid way to be, mm-hmm. it's, especially in business. There, there's no winning. Re- there's no good reason why you should act that way when you're in business, mm-hmm. except to boost your own ego, which it just it doesn't make you a very good person. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally, uh, doing pod- podcasts and. That's kind of an ego boost to hear yourself on there, but it's it's fun. Like I said, you got me started into it, and, and I love doing it. I remember one time one of your shows, you said everybody should start a podcast at some point or another and, and see how how fun it is because yeah. once you start, it's addicting, and you won't want to stop. Well, That's- look, I agree, and I there's here's one more tip for podcasters anyway. A, a year ago, I did a seminar on how to podcast, and I basically sat and talked for 10 hours on how to podcast and everything I know and everything I learned about the subject, how I started PodNuts, what my studio looks like. It's all in video form. Um, I'm just releasing it now freely on YouTube for uh, for anybody to see. The username is How to Podcast Biz. So if you go to type How to Podcast Biz in YouTube, you'll put, you'll find the channel. I only have half the videos up there now, but if anybody's interested or, or wants to podcast, I'm telling you, just just watch the videos. I don't care if you just watch a couple. You'll get something out of it because it's everything that I learned through the years. I just laid it out, and um, you'll get you'll get some of my best tips about how I took pod nuts from nothing 
to a successful podcasting network. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not getting a million listeners, you know, but I got it. I went from zero to a good number and I, I was satisfied with it. Oh, sure. And, uh, and it's just, it's exactly how I did that. And there's so many elements that go into it. I just put them out there. So if anybody wants to watch them, they're on YouTube now. I'm definitely going to check those out. That sounds great, especially for an aspiring podcast networker, something for myself. Uh, yeah. When you were, what you were saying earlier, you felt kind of stagnant when you were doing another mm-hmm. show. You know, there's, there's probably something, you know, that you didn't know you should have done that, that maybe if you did, you would have got more, more traction, more listeners. And that's the kind of stuff I, I try to help people see. A lot of people who start podcasts think that they don't have to market it. Mm-hmm. Marketing your show and telling and many, making people know about it is something you have to do. Unless you get lucky and some grassroots movement happens and you just become organically top in the search engines and people, that's kind of rare, but you could get lucky. If you, if that doesn't happen, you have to tell people, you have to actively do something to market your show. I have some of my people, I, people I know started shows. They, they think you just turn it on, talk into a mic and people would just come from all over and listen and it just doesn't happen. You gotta, you gotta do some work. So marketing is definitely something that needs to be done. Just, I'm just saying. Oh, it's it's definitely needs to be done. It's and it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, trying to figure out what people want to hear. We've put our shows on YouTube. We we have our shows on. Uh, we use a our hosting site is Podbean. We're on iTunes. Uh, we 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 started our own website. Uh, we have a we have some affiliate marketing that we're doing. But there's there's all kinds of things that we're trying to do to market ourselves. You got to find out where the people. Exactly. Marketing's easy. You, you got to find out where the people are that want to listen to your content. I mean, marketing is is basically this. Find out what people want and give it to them. Mm-hmm. So you have to find out where the people are that want to hear the content of your show. And that's where you got to go. I mean, marketing can be laser targeted. You just got to find the right people. I mean, and it's tough. Yeah, you're right. You got to try all different ways to find people. But think about how you found shows and just kind of work it in reverse. That's what I did with Podnuts. I, mm-hmm. I know I listened to Leo. And um, so I st- I called up Leo one time and I said, hey, I just started a podcast called Podnuts because he has a radio show where anybody could call in and ask him a question. So I asked him a question and I just said, as an aside, I started my own podcast too, Leo. And he said, what is it? And, you know, I got 300 subscribers overnight just from doing that. Kind of think about how you list, you found podcasts and work in reverse. That's yeah. what I would do. Yeah, that's what I loved about Leo. He has no problem with letting you plug your show. I've listened yeah. to so many people do that and he loves helping people out. That's why I think, you know, goodwill towards others will come back. Like we had this guy, Dame Drops, we did an interview on on YouTube and what happened was uh, Terry was watching these funny food reviews and I looked at it and I was like this guy's really funny I'm surprised that you know when you get on you look at it he's got over you know 50,000 60,000 subscribers by now I think and he's over 400 over 400 million or no I'm sorry 4 million <laughs> 4 million hits on his YouTube channel alone wow it's awesome yeah I, I was like it's amazing so we 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 tech we uh, we direct message him through uh, Twitter. He's always on the social networks, and he said he'd come on our show. And we were talking to him, and he's got a signed a deal with a production company. They're going to start shopping him around uh, wow. for a TV show. That's how really? amazing this guy is. And he said he will come back on our show and tell tell everybody about how he's doing. And uh, it's just that's what I'm talking about. You get on, you talk with people, and you find out how normal people are. And there's a lot of good people out there. I've talked, I've, I've emailed, I don't know if you know, who Bruce Campbell is, uh, does burn notice on the USA network, but he's also had, uh, some horror B movies that he's done in the past. I've, ta- I've emailed him. He's responded back and said, right. I mean, even though a rejection letter can feel kind of disconcerting, it's still done in a way where he was very respectful and said, you know, I'd love to do it, but right now I'm contractually obligated when I'm on the show. Uh, I can't do it right now, I see. but try me again later. So, 
it's really nice you know some of these people get back to you and and at least tell you right now they can't so um it's disappointing in the same respect, but I hope well, no, in the future. You, you got the right idea. That, mm, I've gotten so many guests just by emailing them. That's it's just as simple as that. Oh, you know? when you when you talked to Scott Mueller, you had he that was like a two hour show. I I just was listening to that and all thinking, I mean, this guy in the computer repair world is like a god in my opinion. <laughs> so, oh yeah, he he's well, he wrote the book, you know. Exactly, and then you got him on the show, and he's telling everybody about basically how he started, and you know, with the IBM computers, and how he went to all these different conventions, and I loved that show. That was that was a really cool show, and it just sounded like you were having a great time talking to him, and that's what I liked about it. It wasn't so stiff like an interview; you're just having a conversation. So yeah, it, that's. Well, that's the way I like to do my shows, and I can tell that sounds like that's the way you're doing your show, and I think mm -hmm. it's cool, you know. Well, I got—I um, don't, I, I, because of you, like I said, I, I emailed Stanton Freeman. Uh, I'm, I'm into UFOs. I love the paranormal stuff, and that's one of the stuff that I like to kind of to hit on now and then. And I, yeah. Stanton Freeman's a huge lecturer. I mean, he's been around for a long time. He did the he's the original Roswell investigator, and I emailed him just out of chance, and he said he'd love to do my show, but he had to wait until he came back from programs he was doing and he's been on tv numerous times and he came on and did our show uh, he was fantastic and yeah i started listening to that one actually when when you first emailed me mm -hmm. I, was, I was just checking out your show um that's one of the ones i started listening to that seemed really cool yeah i mean he, that, that's that's he sounds incredibly interesting yeah he's just he well he's a guest lecturer so uh, that's why you don't hear us much he's a he's very practiced so <laughs> and he's very like he he just gets in there and plugs himself too boy he's he, he wasn't shy about plugging his own stuff. And, <laughs> and, and that's what I, that's, I have no, everybody should come on. They obviously going to come on and plug what they're doing. It's just like, you know, you're selling your network. What you want to do is you want to sell it to somebody who's passionate about it. You don't want to just give it to anybody. You want somebody who's really into this to have it. Something you've kind of cultivated from nothing. And that's what I respect. So how, by the way, did it's, has it sold yet or not? Nope. No. And you are you, is this still up for auction or are you going to re-auction it? Not going to re-auction it. Okay. So um, emails? I'm taking emails and I'm I'm actually searching out people that I I think would be good people to have it. So I'm accepting anybody who is interested. Absolutely. Email me at mail at podnuts.com. Um tell me a little bit about yourself and uh what you what your intentions are and hey man, it's 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 wide open right now. Mm -hmm. You can go to anybody. You're getting started in your music career and, and who knows where you're gonna go from here. Uh are you going to help other people out their music too, by the way, or do you? What, what do you? Where do you plan to go on from here? Uh, where do you see yourself going? Well, I, w I want to write some hit songs. You okay. know what I mean? And I, I think it's just in my blood that <laughs> if I get any kind of, if I amass enough knowledge, I'll probably podcast and try to help others. Mm -hmm. You know, I've already started, and I'm not even, you know, a professional doing this. <laughs> I've already started thinking about how I'm going to do my own short podcast about how to write electronic dance music. So. You'll probably be hearing some shows or content from me in the future about something. We'll see. Have you written in anything yet? Or do you have any songs you've completed? Yeah, I've, I've completed a lot of songs. I probably wrote about 20 or 30 little songs. I'm doing it under an alias now while I practice. Okay, okay. Because it's just practice. These are just my practice songs. I consider them practice. But I'm still trying to sell them on like stock music websites, you know. And I, okay. I've, I made probably made about 200 bucks selling my stuff so far. So if I know that me, my practice songs are selling then i i think i could just get better from that <laughs> okay uh, you doing any loop stuff uh, like i see there's a this website called pond five have you ever checked them out yeah i'm, I'm on there selling some stuff but i haven't sold anything on pond five okay. i've sold some stuff on melodyloops.com okay and uh, i'm looking to get on audio jungle i just signed up yesterday our theme songs off of pond five that's where i got mine 
Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Which I heard through Leo Laporte, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually heard of Pond 5. I heard of it before Leo Laporte, and then all of a sudden he started talking about it. So I'm like, oh, that's good. They're, it's a pretty up-and-coming company. Mm-hmm. But, um, see, I mean, it's it's good. If you bought music off of there and other people buy it, I know there's a market for it, you know? And kind of got me like, – when I was looking for music for my own shows, I'm like, this. it's tough to find good music for, for my intro music for a podcast. So – I even looked for it too for my own network, so I know there's a market for that kind of stuff. And oh, uh, that that was very frustrating for me. Um, getting into it, and you're thinking of all this music you would love to use, but they would just sue your ass off if you tried to. Yeah, it's not worth it. I and, did in the very beginning, and then before anybody had a chance to sue me, I just said I can't use. I got I got to use something else. That's one of the things that kind of confused me too. I don't know. Do you listen to Adam Carolla at all? No. Adam Carolla is really, really funny. He's he's a comedian. Uh, he's got his own podcasting network too, called the Ace Broadcasting Network, and he does a comedy with Dr. Drew every now and then. But he has a show. He pumps out day in and day out, every day without fail, and he's tremendously entertaining to, to listen to. And he does like an hour and a half to two hours at times. Wow. And he just does his rants, and he's funny. Really? <laughs> and he makes a lot of money doing it. He's hit the Guinness World Record for the most downloaded podcast. Yeah. See, him, Leo, other, and others are in a different situation. They already have the fan base. So. Oh, sure. Well, Leo came from TV, kind of drug that with him. Exactly. Exactly. So it's more of an uphill battle for people who don't have a fan base yet, but mm-hmm. it's still doable. You know, I would not discount it at all, but... Yeah, I, I know about Adam Carolla's show, and, you know, it's to me, it's kind of like, all right, that's fine. It's almost like cheating. He already had all the fans, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, he had the man show, and he had all these TV shows, Love Line, everything. Yeah. That's what gave me hope is by watching people like Dame Drops on YouTube who amassed this fan base from nowhere and right. watching where you fit in with a niche and you've amassed this fan base that I don't care what you do. If you tell the people where you're at, if you go back two years from now and go back to the forums and tell everybody what you're up to, where you're at, you're going to see them jump to where you're at. Maybe not all, but you're going to have a small following from there follow you over. So you're always going to kind of have that built in fan base yourself. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And so, I'll tell you, it, it is really fun knowing that you have thousands of people listening to you, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing that the, the most fun is getting the emails back from them when you help somebody and they want to write you and tell you like, you know, listening to your show gave me confidence to start my own computer repair business or something like that. Mm-hmm. that. That just makes the whole thing worthwhile, you know? Oh, sure. You got people started and you gave them the confidence to push on. Sometimes, you know, there were times when I felt like quitting and now I'm not going to lie. I wasn't hugely successful, but I have a full-time job. With a family and a full-time job, and my wife is in school as well, uh, it's not an easy thing to, I mean, I have obligations, and I just can't drop everything every time when somebody right. emails me. So, right. But uh, I do it when I can, plus I do all my families too. I'm kind of like the on-call tech, you know, whenever you're needed, it's exactly. kind of what you do. Right. Uh, by the way, I, I did wanted to ask you real quick. I know your father helped you out with the computer repair business. Does he still do anything, or did he kind of give up after you? You moved on. No, he he was never like a true repairman at heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was giving him something to do basically, and he he knows computers, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that he was he was really into fixing computers like before and after I had the shop. Like when I had the shop, that was when he was doing it the most. So now when when we sold the shop, 
we both kind of gave that up. And uh, he moved down to Florida, too, and he's at a retirement community called The Villages, him and my mom. Okay. Um, and that place is called – this place is nuts. It's called The Villages. It has its own zip code. It's the biggest retirement community in, I think, the U.S. And it's basically like Disneyland for you know retired people. They got everything there that they could possibly want and need. It's just 20 golf courses and all this clubs and stuff. So they're just having fun down there. It's like they're kids again. They're, they have all these new friends, and they're just having fun and just going to, like, clubs and dances and stuff. So that's what he's doing now. He's just li- loving life. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's playing softball, too, actually. That was one of the things he liked to do. You can st- I'm assuming you're you're close to them, or and, and you can still visit them. and. Yeah, they're an hour and a half away, so that's oh. really nice. Yeah, well, sure. That's great. I mean, I moved out here because of my brother, and he's an hour away, so we, we try to see each other from time to time. But Where did you move from? Uh, I was out of the Lancaster County area in Pennsylvania, and we moved up here to Maryland. Um, oh, you're in Maryland. Yeah, close to the D.C. area, so that's why we say in our show the D.C. metro area. My partner's out of Pennsylvania still, but uh, we both work third shift at the same location, which I'm not going to say because I really don't want to get into all that. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> That's why we you know we've kind of called ourselves uh, the Night Shift Crew Studios. <laughs> we work the night shift together. So uh-huh. it's kind of, uh, we kind of use a little bit of what's going on around us to kind of drag it in. But hopefully, like you like you asked earlier, I, I would like to see this as a full-time job where I'm not doing this, uh, the night shift anymore, and I'm doing just this. Well, I'll tell you, watch the watch the videos that had a podcast videos mm-hmm. I'm, will really help you out. I mean, there's I, I laid everything out on the line there, and um, there's like 10 hours of just tutorials. So um, if you do want any tips to help your show, not that I was able to turn my show from through a million, multi-million dollar thing, but to really get it going strong with a with a strong community is I just I basically laid out everything I did so mm-hmm. I, I recommend people checking them out. I, I'm gonna watch them. I already wrote it down. I'm definitely gonna any suggestions that you can take from other people to help you out. You have to be able to take constructive criticism, use it, and and make your product better. Uh, yeah, so, I'm uh, not a big fan of constructive criticism. I always got <laughs> upset. <laughs> well, and I guess you have to look at it. I have to take myself out of this techie kind of world and look oh, at it from yeah. a fresh perspective it's like have to. when people come to me and they're like oh i have my phone and i i do this and it, it drives me nuts sometimes i'm like I, I don't get it look at it it's right there I know. you know i've been i don't have a texting plan i never have but i text all the time but i use google voice and i tell people all the time and i do it for free so sure. you know um right. They'll never Are, figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. It, it, you're, it's a losing battle for some people. So. Yes. Or I, I ask a lot of people, I'm going to ask you, what do you use, Android or iPhone? I use Android because I do Android App Addicts, that podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. If I didn't do that show, I, I don't know what I would be on right now. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm, I'm actually liking Android, but I just got a Samsung Galaxy S2 Skyrocket. Um, okay. I actually got a Galaxy Note. I figured it was too big, returned it, got a Galaxy S3, <sighs> didn't like it, returned it, and got the Galaxy S2 Skyrocket. Are, are you, you AT&T? Yeah. Uh, see, I'm on Verizon. I have the Galaxy Nexus, and I'm one of the people still, by the way, still waiting for my Jelly Bean update, Verizon. Uh, it's driving me nuts. I, I'm one of those type of people. You know, it's, it's like an under-the-hood kind of thing, but for some reason, you just keep watching for it. I don't know why. Uh, it's, no, no, I I couldn't wait. I I always hack my phone and just install a, whatever OS I want on it. You know, I wanted to do that, and I don't want to. Do, I'm like, I'm always paranoid something's going to go wrong, and I don't have seven, eight hundred dollars laying around to go buy a new phone. <laughs> yeah, when you do that, you literally have to follow the instructions exactly. Exactly. Stuff. So I I yeah, I thought I bricked my, this phone. 
big time. I, I was like almost crying, and then it got it unbricked somehow. So you thought the note was too big? Yeah, but you you can't use it with one hand. Okay. Go ahead and try. You cannot use it with one hand. Um, and that really bothered me because I had an HTC Evo before that, and um, I really got to like it. It was just fit in the palm of your hand. You can use it with one hand. The note, you got to just hold it and use the other hand to press. And it was too big. I couldn't fit in my pocket that good. It was just too big. I, I never thought I would say that, but it was just too big. Okay. My phone is just the right size. I think it's the Galaxy Nexus 4.2. It uh, might be 4.3 inches, but That's cool. it's just the right size. Um, right. And I keep looking at the phones that were coming out, and they're calling them, I guess the new name's the Fablet. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> well, it's like the netbook for, for the EPCs that came right. out. You know, they, That was kind of a, a made-up moniker that people gave it, and yeah. it, it, people ran away with it. But it, now they have the Fablet, and I'm not a big fan of that either. It sounds like something else. And But <laughs> uh, the phone, it looks cool. It looks big. It has that... I guess there, there's a stylus you have for it now, and there's the Galaxy Note 2 coming out, and I think that's coming out on Verizon, so I'll probably look at it. I do like the big phones. I have a big hand. I'm six foot five, so wow. I like the big phones, but the problem is when I upgrade, as everybody knows, if Verizon started the new family share plan where they're screwing over their loyal customers, right? so our bill will go up uh, $60, $70 if we wow. move over that plan. So Damn. It's really well. AT and T is doing it too. Uh, it was one of those situations that kind of sat back to see how people gauge the Verizon, but they're doing it too. So they're not letting anybody grandfather into their unlimited plan anymore. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I did miss about being on Sprint was the unlimited. Mm-hmm. So you have unlimited now? Yeah. And uh, I don't want to give it up, but guess what? My wife wants an iPhone 5 because she has the original iPhone 4. And when she know, moves on, I'm going to have to do it. So. Yeah, but you're okay as long – make sure Wi-Fi is always on. So whenever you're home, you're using Wi-Fi, and it, you don't use hardly any. It, it works good. Works out good that way. You don't use hardly any bandwidth. If oh, you're sure. Just, uh, well, I use Dogcatcher. I think that's the name of Dogcatcher mm-hmm. for all my podcasts on my on my Android phone. Yeah. That's how I get all my phone, all my all my uh, podcasts, and that's for me is the major thing. When I'm driving to work, I listen to my podcast through my sure. earpiece. I must listen to 12, 15 hours of podcast a week. I listen to more podcasts than I watch TV. Nice. It's my entertainment, and I love listening to what's going on in the tech world. I listen to Adam Carolla. I listen to your show. Not so much anymore, but uh, I will. We got, we got other shows. We got yeah, other shows. <laughs> I, I was a little disappointed when you stopped doing some of the shows and you had other people coming on. I remember when you first made the announcement, you're like, oh, "I'm going to have somebody else doing, you know, this show." And yeah. I actually stopped listening to most of them because uh, you were more engaging, I think, and some of the other people weren't as engaging. And maybe, maybe I just didn't give it enough chance. But I, I like listening to what you were asking people, and it didn't come off the same to me. So it wasn't quite right. the same show. Well, thanks. But um. I think whatever your future endeavors are is going to really turn out. And I'd really like to have you back on to hear how the music's going. And maybe even you can play us a clip or we can put a clip on and, and throw it at the end of the show sometime. And one, you know, when you're, when you're ready to tell everybody about you putting your name on it. Okay. <laughs> so All right, that sounds I, good. That who sounds knows good. how long that's going to be. But if anybody's interested getting a computer repair network, podcast network, and Getting it from an, from somebody who's created it from nothing, it's already got a built-in audience. Give us your email address again for that. It's mail at podnuts.com. Just shoot me an email. All right, Steve. I really appreciate you coming on The Statement Show. Very and- cool, Zach. Thank you very much. It was, it was fun. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All righty. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Thanks, Steve Trevino, for coming on The Statement Show. Go ahead and check out Steve's Podnuts Computer Repair Network. Find out what it's all about if you have any interest in obtaining a 
computer repair network and you're in the computer repair field and you want to advance the network, go ahead and give Steve an email at mail at podnuts.com. Check out his videos that he's put out on how to podcast biz is the username on YouTube. Again, we thank you, Steve Trevino, for coming on the show. It's time to turn the lights out on another episode of The Statement Show. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us at The Statement Show. If you like the show, go to our website at thestatementshow.com and click on one of our affiliates. Subscribe to our show at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also, check us out on Facebook and YouTube and at Twitter at Statement Show. For comments or concerns or to be a guest on The Statement Show, email us at thestatementshow at gmail.com.